He I remember was, talking yeah. to Jack Benny one day, because we would also double over and do the Benny show. I would be playing the other character on the Benny show, and Phil and I would ride back and forth. I remember once going from CBS to NBC, we cut across the parking lot because the shows backed into each other. Jack was on out here. Show originated 4 to 4.30, and Phil's show originated when we were both on Sundays, 4.30 to 5. They were on later out here, but that fed New York at 7 o'clock, I guess. And they got a two-passenger bicycle for Phil and I to ride so they get publicity shots of us. Right? <laughs> we almost blew both shows because neither of us can handle a bike. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents the Bill Harris Alice Faye Show. Enjoyment here is the Phil Harris Alice Fay Show, transcribed, written by Jack Douglas and Marvin Fisher, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, the orchestra under the direction of Skip Martin, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Some time ago, Elmo Roper, the famous research organization, conducted a nationwide survey. Its purpose was this to find what television set people want the most. From start to finish, it was a completely independent survey to get the facts. In April 1954, Phil Harris and Alice Faye were in the midst of their last season on the air. The husband-wife duo had been starring together on radio since 1946. You started your own show on the Fitch bandwagon. I played the Fitch bandwagon, and then from there, that's when I went. I took Cass Daly's place. Were you playing the bandwagon strictly as the orchestra, They put bands on, that's all. You played tunes. And how did that come about? How did, did they come to you just as the band leader and say, hey, we want you on the... They were putting on all kind of bands. Oh, yeah, sure. Every the week they had a so, band. well, what the hell? I could, they ran out of people, so they called on me, you know. And Alice Faye had been around a little bit, you know. She'd been a star for 100 years at the uh, 20th century. Harris spent the better part of the last decade working with Elliot Lewis. They both worked under Jack Benny for years. Elliot's a good writer, a good producer, and you know Leonard did all right. He later went with Lucy or somebody did very Danny well. Thomas, he did a lot of stuff with That's uh, right. Sheldon That's Lennon, right. Yeah. Well, those guys all came up through the ranks, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, they knew what they were doing. Because when you're around Benny, you were around a guy that he and Fred Allen and guys like that, they're timing, you know. They're um, like Benny used to have office hours in Beverly Hills. Those writers had to be there, didn't they? They were there at a certain time. He sat at the table. Nobody took bits home like they do now. You do this and you two writers do. No way. You sat right at the table and started this thing. And I've been in there sometime. Jack and I, we really got along. And I've been in there sometime when they had a line for me to break the building down. Mm -hmm. And Benny would say, no, does not fit his character. I've been too long building it up. In other words, he protected, protected. Mm -hmm. You hear a lot of other shows, they had a guy in the air one time, they had him doing this, doing that. First thing you know, they burn him out. When he came to me one time, he said, there's no way to kill you. I found you four stories down in the basement. I brought you out, I had you married, I had you drinking, I had two kids, I had you back on the booze again. He said, there's no way to kill you. <laughs> On April 30th, they presented a special Red Cross blood drive program. Let me see if I can get them in back of there. There. 
Now we got the back on. There you are, Elliot. You see, when you've got a mechanical genius like me around, it saves you money. You'd have been crazy to give a jeweler three dollars to fix your watch. <laughs> Thanks, Curly. It's almost as good as new. Now all I have to do is go through life pretending that it's always a quarter to six. <laughs> that's right, and having a watch that's always at a quarter to six has its advantages. Can you think of a better way to miss Lawrence Welk? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Well, think. Think of those things, Clyde. Think. It's little things like that that make living in California worthwhile Well, I've done my good deed for today, so I'll just... Oh, hi, Alice Hello, Alice Hello, fellas Hey, where have you been, Alice? Over at the bank How much did you let them have, honey? <laughs> hey, Alice, why don't you take Curly into the vault sometime? He just loved to run through that stuff at his bare feet Yeah <laughs> That'd be a kick, huh? Gentlemen at some other time, these remarks might be very amusing. But it so happens that I've just come from the Encino Blood Bank, and like almost all other nonprofit community blood banks in the country, have only about 15% of the blood donations they should have. No kidding. That's right. And we're at our wit's end. We, we don't know what to do about it. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Alice. Yeah? Forget it. I've got an idea. Listen, why don't I put a show on right here in Encino? You know, a, a, a show especially for the blood bank. I don't think I quite understand, Phil. How will that help? Well, don't you see, honey, we'll charge admission and raise a lot of money, and then... Money? Oh, Phil, listen, you've got it all mixed up like thousands of other people in the country. Don't you see? You can't buy blood. It has to be donated. Well, it has to be donated. Well, wait a minute. Now I got a better idea. We'll put on a show here in Encino, and instead of charging money for admission... We'll charge a pint of blood. That's it. Now, like if the man or the big brother or the head of the family gives a pint, then we'll let the whole family in to see the show. Huh? Look, Alice, you go tell your committee not to worry. We'll give them the greatest show they ever saw. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for this wonderful turnout for the Encino Blood Bank Show. We're going to have a lot of swell entertainment here tonight, and then some of you lucky people are going to win some of the new RCA Victor Master 21-inch television sets. And we also have a lot of RCA Victor personal portable radios as our door prizes. But let's get on with the show. We're going to start with a magic name in American music. This man's records have sold up in the millions. I give you Mr. Dixieland, one of the jazz greats of all times, Red Nichols and his five pennies. Opposite on NBC TV, the big story pulled a rating of 29.5, while the season rating for Harris Fay was under 3.3. With radio on its way out, NBC canceled the show at the end of the season. 
The last episode aired on June 18th. By then, Elliot Lewis was getting sick of dealing with agency and network red tape. There was an anecdote on Gunsmoke where uh, the agency man was sitting up in the booth or something and there was a line in the script that said uh, where Matt Dillon was supposed to have said, well, we're lucky that didn't happen. And he, and he just went through the roof. He said, well, you can't have the word lucky on a show that's sponsored by Chesterfield. That's the kind of thing we're talking about where agencies and sponsors and, and so forth just really should butt out and not be involved in We that. had one like that when I was producing the Lucy show at a Christmas show. Agency man is sitting there at the dress rehearsal. End of the Christmas show, group of child singers arrive at the door to sing a carol. And Lucy opens the door and says, oh, come in, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, lovely closing. And they go, joy to the world. And the agency man went right through the roof, because that was a competing product. Mm. Joy. Incredible. You know. So you're dealing with what we used to call the League of Frightened Men, all the people that are afraid to have opinions or, or have judgments or allow anybody else to have them for fear of rocking the boat. Well, that's a devastating uh, series of words, the League of Frightened Men. <laughs> you know, that's what we always used to call them. You know, I used to have a, a cup on my desk that, that I kept pencils in, and I had painted on it a famous Fred Allen line, which is, where were you when the page was blank? 